This bonus podcast episode was recorded by students at St. Olaf College in the American Conversations Project course, led by professors Colin Wells and Eric Fuhr Slocum. Thank you to the students and professors for putting these podcasts together. Learn more about them and the project on our podcast homepage. It's a warm summer day in 2015, and the streets of New York City are filled with 2.1 million people gathered to celebrate the pride they have in their sexual and gender identities. This is a New York City Pride Parade, historically the country's most popular pride parade and an event that uplifts members of the LGBTQ community, that is, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and plus community. This event represents the United States that, at least on the outside, embraces people of all sexual orientations. But the United States was not always this welcoming. Flashback to the year 1969, and members of the LGBTQ community were protesting in those very same New York streets, tired of being relegated to the margins of a society that rejected their sexual identities. These individuals partook in a three-day demonstration that would go on to be thought as the first major step in the fight for LGBTQ rights, the Stonewall Riots. Once that first step had been taken, the LGBTQ community was set on a path to create one of the most important movements in American history. It was carried out under a number of different names, such as the Gay Liberation Movement, the Homophile Movement, Queer Nation, and the LGBT Movement. But all these efforts added up to one greater narrative, a fight for LGBTQ rights. The hard work of the individuals propelling this movement resulted in some moments of triumph in the later half of the 20th century. In general, however, LGBTQ plus individuals would continue to be persecuted through the 70s and the 80s, and with the Clinton administration's 1994 passage of the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. It was clear that America was not ready to embrace LGBTQ plus individuals, but would only barely tolerate them. The 2000s, however, were different. Robert McClare, a professor at St. Olaf College who teaches on issues in education, speaks about America's changing response to the LGBTQ plus community. I've had students that would fit that definition for years, but it was never something that um, I felt really comfortable talking about. That's I think about 10 years ago, things became more open and the dialogue became more open. And so it just became more natural to be or to get involved in those conversations. Starting in the 2000s and especially in the last 10 years, America has begun to embrace this community. According to one Gallup poll, support for gay and lesbian relationships increased from about 50% in 2000 to about 73% in 2019. Growing up in this time of shifting opinions has made the younger generations more accepting of the community in comparison to older generations. A Pew Research study conducted in 2019 revealed that 79% of individuals aged 18 to 29 are in favor of same-sex marriage, while just 52% of people over 50 share that sentiment. Andrea Jenkins, the first African-American and openly transgender woman elected to public office says she thinks that this is a result of the open connections younger people experience with the community. They have friends, they have family members, they themselves might identify as LGBTQ. And so it's much easier for them to be accepting of LGBT life. Popular culture has also played a role. 
on television, in the music industry, and in Hollywood. LGBTQ plus culture is being broadcasted into nearly every American home in a way that it never was in the 20th century. Back then, non-heterosexual characters were rare and tended to be stereotyped or characterized as problematic social misfits. Now major motion pictures such as Brokeback Mountain, Dallas Buyers Club, and Moonlight all focus on the lives of LGBTQ plus individuals, representing them in a positive light. The small screen has seen a significant shift as well. According to GLAAD, a gay rights group, there were 33 reoccurring lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender characters on primetime shows and 64 on scripted primetime cable television programs in the 2014-2015 season. Noah Letcher, a member of and advocate for the LGBTQ community, explains that this change in representation can also lead to a change in public perception. We finally get to be humans on screen not just the person to laugh at in the room. If we can be seen as human in the media, that's going to ultimately help us be truly fully seen as human by like the wider society as well. Of course, modern American media isn't perfect and problematic stereotypes still exist. However, it is largely on a path towards more positive representation. For a great number of Americans, viewing LGBTQ characters through media provides an insight to communities they might not otherwise see or fully understand. The cultural and social shifts that we've seen in regard to the LGBTQ community in the 21st century have been reflected in policy changes as well. For example, in the 2003 court case, Lawrence v. Texas, the Supreme Court ruled that prohibiting sexual acts between two consenting adults of the same sex was unconstitutional. More recently, the Supreme Court also denounced discrimination on the basis of sexuality in the 2017 case Kimberly Hively v. Ivy Tech Community College. However, probably the most impactful gain for this community in the last 10 years was the right to same-sex marriage. I remember waking up the day that it was legalized. Like, I remember my dad being like, come on, come downstairs. This was one massive, massive success for gay rights across the entire like spectrum. For people like Noah, who are part of the LGBTQ community or support it, these facts represent a joyous triumph. But not all Americans responded so positively. With the passage of pro-LGBTQ policies came resistance from those Americans who were opposed to such legislation. In recent years, this resistance has presented itself in the form of policies that undo the work of the LGBTQ community's efforts. In particular, State preemption laws have been used to locally overturn the progress we've seen in the last two decades. This means that sometimes, even when equality is promoted at the national level, it isn't seen in actuality in state or local legislators. What's more, it's nearly impossible to catch and punish discrimination in the private sector. Clearly, the LGBTQ community's struggles for fair treatment and recognition are far from over. And that brings us to this election which could prove to be incredibly important for this sector of the population. After all, a lot of questions are up in the air for the LGBTQ community. Will the government make gender-neutral bathrooms a building requirement? Will it pass legislation pertaining to the usage of gender pronouns? Even right now, cases are before the Supreme Court seeking to answer whether employers can discriminate based on gender identity or sexual orientation. With so much on the docket for the LGBTQ community, the next president will likely make some impactful choices. After all, our last two presidents have shown us how much of an effect the executive branch can have. 
Obama greatly increased support for the LGBTQ community, working to legalize same-sex marriage and support transgender folks in the military. With the presidency of Donald Trump, things went in the other direction. I would say these last three years that things have gotten significantly worse for the LGBT community. There have been rollbacks of various protections and barring transgender and LGBT people from homeless shelters, from access to health care, creating more discrimination in housing and in the workplace. We had made a lot of really significant gains over the past 10 years and then in these past three years, a lot of that has been diminished. These two presidents perfectly illustrate how the two sides approach LGBTQ plus rights. Liberal individuals like Obama tend to value personal autonomy and therefore support LGBTQ plus individuals' rights to act as they please. More conservative individuals like Trump tend to value tradition and a slow-changing society, therefore making them more likely to resist the changes that the LGBTQ community calls for. As a result, the politics of the person in the office are greatly impactful for the community. So what does this mean? Well, it means that voting in this election is an important responsibility. Professor McClare explains that this is especially true for moderates and voter populations whose voices aren't often heard. Because you know that the extremes, are, you know how they're going to vote. It's the people in the middle that are going to make the difference. The youth's going to get out the vote. In the last election, they didn't. Mm -hmm. Black women didn't get out the vote in the last election. That is the key to the presidential election. The younger generation has an opportunity and a responsibility to share its voice in this election. And our work can likely make a huge difference for those in the LGBTQ community. It is hard to say what the results of the 2020 election will bring but it is certain that the policies that come from this next presidential term will affect the LGBTQ community. As a nation, all that we can do is vote for what's right, and as Andrea Jenkins tells us, to have hope. Without hope, what do we have? Nothing. A hundred years ago, women couldn't vote. This is the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage, women being able to vote. Those women hoped, but they also fought. Without hope, without fighting, that would have never happened. We must have hope, but we must follow that hope with intentional advocacy, fighting, being involved, and um, we will get through. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Find more bonus episodes on the same page. There are several for different issues of this election cycle from St. Olaf College students in the American Conversations Project. As always, let us know what you think at podcast at compact.org or hashtag compactnationpod and learn more about our show at compact.org slash podcast. And of course, rate us and review us anywhere you can.